We're studying Sefer Shemuel Bet. We are in the consequences of the story of David and Bathsheba. So we're in chapter 12, verse 5. And what, bas- what happened was after David's sin, after he causes the death of Uriah, um, he... Uh, you ready? After he causes the death of Uriah, God gets very upset. Hold on, where is this? Right, okay. And then, and then she's, she mourns her husband. After she mourns her husband, David brings her into his house and he marries her. And then it says that the Pasuk says that the matter was bad in the eyes of God, what David had done. Hashem then sends Natan Navi. And Nathan gives to David a parable. And he said there were two men. There's one rich and one poor. And the rich man had a lot of items, a lot of sheep, a lot of flock, a lot of good stuff. And the poor man only had one, uh, one sheep that he took care of. And that was like his life. That was the source of his parnasah. And that was the sheep that he cared for the most. And then a visitor came to the house of the rich person. And the rich person says, Oh, he says... The, uh, the visitor comes to the house of the rich person And then the rich person says I don't want to give up my sheep Let me go take the sheep of that poor person And I'll slaughter the sheep of the, the poor person I'll give it to the visitor So he goes And he takes it And, uh, and, and, then, and, and that's the parable okay? So that's where we left off last time That Nathan told David this parable Now what's David's response to this parable? Pasuk 5 So David gets very upset at the man in this parable And he says He says to Nathan He says on the life of God I swear the man who did such a thing Is deserving of death And for the sheep he should be paying four times Right if you take a sheep and you steal it, technically you only have to pay two. If you take a sheep and you slaughter it, then you have to pay four. So it's kind of, it's, he says you have to pay four times for taking the sheep, probably because he slaughtered it to give it to his, uh, to his uh, thing. To the guest. And he should pay four times for the sheep because he, he did this matter. And because he did not have any mercy on the poor man. By the way, the Arba time, the Chachamim say, is representative of... The four punishments that David is going to get for this uh, sin with Bathsheba. What are the four punishments? He says he should pay four times for the sheep. Uh, And then the Chachamim say, oh, because he said four times for the sheep. In the parable, he basically brought the four punishments upon himself. Hayeled, the boy that was born to Bathsheba died. That's the first. Amnon, that's his own son, slept with his own... Uh, daughter and from his another from another wife, and Amnon and Tamar's story, and then Amnon was killed by Avshalom. Amnon, uh, Amnon is Bachelor's son. Amnon, no. No, no, no. Amnon is uh, some other uh, wife's not, son. Not all the punishments have to do with Bachelor. They're all, they're all, no, they're all on David, no, on but the, they're not okay. all with Bachelor. Okay, Tamar, which was she was the the one who got raped, and Avshalom who rebelled against him. So four misfortunes fe- fell upon David. And, uh, and that's because he said 
the person should pay four times for taking the sheep, okay? So Natan gives this whole parable. David responds to the parable by saying, wow, that's crazy, that's so inappropriate. How could the guy take the guy's sheep? Nothing, he wasn't punished with death like he said in the parable. Oh, how come David was unpunished with death? Yeah. And he said, ben mavet Okay, so we'll see. Pasuk Zayin. Vayom Natan el David. Natan says to David, Ata ha'ish, you are the man. So says Hashem, God of Israel, I anointed you as king over Israel, and I saved you from Shaul, and I gave you the house of your master, of Shaul, and the wives of your master I put in your uh, bosom, meaning like I, I gave them to you. And I gave you the house of Israel and Yehuda, meaning I give you a consolidated, consolidated kingdom of Israel. And if that was too little, I could have added for you even more and more. Why did you scorn and, and um, disgrace the word of God? To do what was evil in my eyes. You struck Uriah, Uriah, you struck him with a sword. His wife you took for you as your wife. And you killed him with the sword of Ammon. So yeah, we do have a lot of questions. Uh, we'll do one more pasuk. And now the sword will not depart from your house forever. That is uh, what, that we see. Because for the rest of Shumuel Bet, David is going to have a lot of uh, troubles and, and difficulties in his house. Okay, and um, and and uh, you took because you took Uriachiti's wife as your own wife. You're again this punishment's going to befall you. Now we have a number of questions on the pesukim. First of all, um, what does it mean by tenalecha et bet adonecha? I gave you the house of your master. What does Natan mean when he says that? Do we have any hints of the fact that this is indeed true that David? Took over the household of Shaul. Do we know? Do we have any evidence that David was in charge of the estate of Shaul's family? You guys remember? Remember when? Oh, he, gave, he, he told the servant of Shaul's ah, family. Ah, exactly. Remember when David had. Exactly. Exactly. So, whenever David had finished establishing his kingdom, and we went through all of David's helpers and his, his cabinet. We said, David was now thinking, I had made a promise to Yonatan. My promise to Yonatan was that he would be my second in command. Now Yonatan is dead, so who within Yonatan's family can I find that I can give him his land or I can give him a portion of, of a, a place in the kingdom? And he found Ishboshet, who was a man who was Nechiraglaim, who was uh, not in a good situation. He had a master named Tziva, or he had a servant named Tziva, who was in our understanding of the text was acting as his master and he designated the portion of Shaul to go to Ishbosheth which seems to show that David took over the lot and the, the estate of Shaul after Shaul uh, stopped being king okay so that's the first hint in our psukim this is one of the psukim that's quoted to prove that David was in charge of that estate which is why he was able to give it to Ishbosheth okay next Neshe Adonecha Bechekecha the wives of your master I've given to you as your wives. 
What? What does that mean? Which one of, of Shaul's wives were given to David? So there are two. One is Michal, which is not the wife of Shaul, it's the daughter. So the perush is that Nishay Adonecha doesn't mean the wife of your master, it means the women in your master's life. Meaning, his daughter, I've given to you as a wife, so you, took all, you became the husband of the daughter of the previous king. Okay, I mean, I announced a big kavod to you because as a, you know, to, be, to marry into the king's family was a big deal. So I did you this good and I gave you the, um, the wife, the, the daughter of your master. Uh, there's another one, Egla Eshet Shaul. Even though it wasn't, didn't they say Egla was Michal? Whatever, but they say that the, the Chachamim say that, that Egla, yeah, but the Egla, Egla was possibly the wife of Shaul that David now became, uh, now married. Okay, uh, next. I gave you Israel and Yehuda. Okay, fine. Uh, meaning, there was nothing lacking for you. I gave you everything you ever wanted, David. You were the rich man in the parable. Why did you scorn the word of God to do what was evil in Hashem's eyes? That you, that you killed Uriah. Now we have this pasuk. Okay, pasuk tet. You struck Uriah with a sword. And then you took his wife... Sin number two. And then, Oto harag bene Amon. And you killed him with the sword of Bnei Amon. What's the problem with the Pasuk? Killed him he twice. said, you struck him with a sword. You took his wife and you struck him with the sword of Amon. Why does the Pasuk repeat itself? Okay, he struck him. He struck him. Having him killed is one thing. Having him killed by ah, the enemy is so another. So first of all, there are two problems with what David did. One was that he had the guy killed. Two is that he had him killed by the enemies of Am Yisrael, which was two separate issues. Okay? That's why the Pasuk repeats it. One, for you had him killed. And two, of all the ways you could have killed the guy, you killed him through the enemies of Am Yisrael, which, was a, which is a disgrace to the, to the deceased. Okay? But there's a very fascinating uh, Radak here, which actually explains why, not, not exactly that question, but he explains, okay, so he killed him with the Kherib bin Amon, it's one thing. Now, we know that there's a principle in Halakha that in... En, um, what's it called? Here. En shaliyakti dvaravira. If you send, try to send a messenger to do a sin, the person who is sending the messenger isn't the one who gets the sin. It's the messenger who performs the action who gets the sin. So, you would have thought that David is not obligated or not, was not at fault or is not held liable for killing Uriah, why? Because he did it through a messenger. Who's the messenger? Yoav. So Yoav should have been the one to to be to get to punished. get get punished and get the sin. However, the pasuk Davka says, "No, you killed him." To say that, even though typically the sin goes on the shaliach, in this case, it's going on the king. Why? Why is it going on the king in this case? The Radak says because the king is a person that nobody will ever uh, disobey. And because the, the king's order is so much is, has so much power, the king could be obligated for sending someone out to sin, even though typically the shaliach is the one who's obligated. If it's the king who's commanding him to do so, the guy will never not do it. 
and therefore the king would be obligated. Kind of. He says, like, I'll, I'll read the Radak inside. Okay. He was king, and nobody's going to go against his mitzvah. It's as if he killed him. When Shaul commanded to kill Novi Rakwanim, it's as if Shaul killed him. Even though there is, a mit, there is an isur to do the mitzvah of a king, if the king tells you to do a sin, Anybody who violates your word, you mat. And then the Pasuk, What about if it's a matter of sin? The Pasuk has the word rak in it. So it's a, it's a mute. So it's if, if the king tells you to do something that's a, that's a sin, you don't have to listen to him. Not everybody knows this. Uh, not everybody knows how to be Doresh, to know that ah, whenever the Pasuk told me that I can I have to obey the word of the king, there's a miut that if he tells me to violate a halakha, I don't I don't listen to him. Not not, people, not, not everybody knows that. And therefore the, the the sin goes on the king. Okay? So that's an interesting halakhic issue, which is explaining why the Pasuk reiterated that David is the one who killed Uriah. Because you would have thought that David is not obligated because he sent the Bishaliach, and the Shaliach is the one who's, who's Chayav. No, really, no. really, it is David who's obligated, okay? Yeah, how, do we, how do we make that work with the Gemara that says that David never sinned? Like, oh, that's, a, that's a big issue. I haven't been dealing with that Gemara. Okay. I, I, Rabbi Chaim always says that there are a lot of answers to that. He says, like, Rabbi Chaim has said before in Shiur that, that there is an opinion that says that who, who's the things? Rabbi, no? Rabbi says, Rabbi was a descendant of David, so he's preserving the kavod of his household, of his, of his family's household. Like Rabbi Chaim has gone as far as saying that. You know? So there are, there are a lot of interpretations. It, the Radak hasn't brought it yet. You know what I mean? And I'm doing most of the perush according to the Radak. Which is an interesting thing, because if that is to be taken as Peshat, that Gemara, then at least it should show up somewhere in the Radak. So, so, I... I I, I haven't seen it so far. I've gone through every single radak. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. I've gone through all the radaks. Um, I, I don't know how to deal with the Gemara. I don't know. It's, uh, it's something... I mean, the, the thing that he did bring, the radak did bring the issue about the Gitin. That, get, uh, that they would do Getil Mafreya in David's army. Right? So by killing Uriah, he made it so that he was not over Eshet Ish. But then what? He's over I don't know. I don't, know how, I don't know how to interpret it. Then you could... You, it's not the it's, 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 it's not the But you could, you, could, you could also say that Uriah, if you read the story closely, Uriah does show some disobedience to David. Meaning you could make the claim that he is over... He's, uh, he told Uriah constantly, go home to your wife and be with her. He's like, how can I go home to my wife? In fact, wife? Uriah even the spoke... The rest of that, my people are fighting in the war. In fact, what Uriah said was a little bit disrespectful because he says... How can I sleep when the rest of my people and Yoav, my, my master, is out to war? And then he says, Yoav, his master, in the face of David. So uh, you could see how you could get away if you twist it that David was not Chote at all, right? He's more Malchut, Chayab Mita, this, that. Is that the Peshat? I, we, I don't think so. Okay, we'll continue with Zerashem from Pasuk Yudalaf tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.